Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. For exclusive podcasts and more, sign up at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. I'm Rebecca Lavoy, and this is Crime Writers On. Crime Writers On is the original true crime review podcast that digs into true crime, pop culture, other podcasts. And on this episode, a beloved BBC anchor is shot at her front door. The investigation into her death would challenge British police. We're talking about the series Who Killed Jill Dando? Joining me to get that done and more is true crime author, TV journalist, and host of These Are Their Stories podcast, my husband and love of my life, Kevin Flynn. Hey, Kevin. Hello, Rebecca. Also with us is private investigator, certified pet detective, resident cat lady, and author of The Final Curtain, Laura Bricker. Hey, Laura. Hey, Rebecca. And finally, our captain of all things cynical, the author of the City Trilogy of Novels, host of the Strange Arrivals podcast, and our Patreon Deep Dive Book Club podcast host, Toby Ball. Hello, Toby. Hello, Rebecca. All right. So, Kevin, this is obviously Monday's program. Uh, Yes, it's obvious to everybody, right? Yeah. What is coming up on Thursday's show? On Thursday, we're going to be talking about season three of the Pushkin podcast, The Dream. All right. Looking forward to listening to that discussion. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting one. All right. Well, we have a lot to talk about, so I think we should just get right to the topic for a change. What What? do you think? No chit chat. (laughs) Wait, I mean, that was plenty of chit-chat, but... Uh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was enough chit-chat. What are we doing Thursday? Is enough chit-chat for you? No, it's just it's standard. <laughs> well, I would like to report back that I am, from our last after show, um, The Golden Bachelor, and I, I'm i down with that show. My book recommendation, not so much. So if y'all want to hear about it, I'll write about it in the Brichter scale. Okay. But The Golden Bachelor, thumbs up so far? The Golden Bachelor, I like that he puts his hearing aids in at the start of the show. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we're going to talk about this in the after show. So, yeah, say, say. we're just previewing the content. God damn it. <laughs> All right. Little little hint of what you're going to be getting. Um, and then I can also talk about how I informed somebody of the existence of Below Deck today. OK. All right. So. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about what we're going to be talking about and drop that first clip right now. Leading off. Jill was the most famous TV presenter on British television. The golden girl of British television murdered on her doorstep in broad daylight. That just does not happen. 
1999, Great Britain was shocked when popular BBC News presenter Jill Dando was gunned down at her front door. In their search for the shooter, police examined loved ones, fans, assassins, political extremists, and connections to her popular TV show, Crime Watch. Jill Dando was perceived as really, you know, part of the policing family. But they were bedeviled by the fact that they didn't really have a suspect, they didn't have a murder weapon. After months of false leads, a neighbor caught the attention of authorities. Would a single particle of gunpowder be enough to convict a suspect of killing the nation's most beloved star or put the wrong man in jail? This ballistic evidence shouldn't be admissible as evidence as to guilt or innocence and could no longer be relied on. The Netflix series Who Killed Jill Dando explores the 1999 slaying of the journalist and the many twists and turns of the investigation. Why does her death continue to grip experts and the public all these years later? Spoiler alert, we are going to be talking about plot points from Who Killed Jill Dando. So if you want to remain spoiler free, go to the estimated time code in our show notes for our thumbs up or thumbs down reviews. So Toby, I have to ask... Were you hungry when you were watching this show? Uh, I was hungry for uh, something to happen at times. Uh, yeah, it's just, I, I think my note was, I hope you like fish because this show stirs up a lot of red herrings. You know, it starts off by saying that the killer has never been caught. Exactly. And there's nobody, in, you know, so from then on, it's like, okay, so we're just going to watch this like endless parade of dead ends. Did it say that? I missed that, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I turned to you and I was like, oh, great. Now we're going to listen to watch three episodes of, yeah. I guess I guess maybe I shouldn't have been looking at my phone when it started. <laughs> no, they actually, someone said that out loud. Well, I mean, it's called Who Killed Jill Dando? And if you could say it was Larry, then, you know, it's not it's not much of a title. Right. I, I mean, they, they end up with like at least one person who you can like have feelings about one way or the other. But I mean, that really is just the last episode. So you go basically spend two episodes kind of learning about Jill Dando, which was good for me since I'd never heard of her. But I guess in England, it was probably seemed a little repetitive and and having these first few, you know, suspects or, or, or theories kind of vetted and, and shot down before you sort of get to the one where they're a little more invested in maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Which is not to say that some of these theories and people aren't sort of entertaining in and of themselves, but it does kind of kill some of the suspense when you know that, (laughs) like, nobody's getting nailed for it. So you're like, okay, well, I guess it's not going to be this guy either. And it's just you sit around and watch and find out why. Yeah, Laura, it seems like 1999, that, like, period of time seems to be like we watch a lot of shows and listen to a lot of podcasts about crimes and murders that happen like between like 1992 and 1999. And it's like, what's up with why we're listening to or watching this story right now? Well, yeah. I mean, I part, part of me was like, why now? Like, why are we hearing this story now? Um, my thought was uh, maybe the family is hoping it's going to lead to some new interest and some new leads. Maybe we've already cycled through all of the crimes in like the 2000s and the 20 teens. And so now we've got to go back a little further to drum up some new material for all of these new Netflix true crime documentaries that they like to crank out. You know, in this case, I think we did hear Jill's brother, Nigel, he was hoping that this might encourage somebody to come forward. Like enough time has passed now if we revisit this case and put some additional publicity out at this point, even though in the UK, everybody knows this case for the most part, but time has passed. And if it goes out there that, hey, we still would really like to solve this, maybe 
somebody at this point will be like, you know, it's been waiting on me since the 90s. It's time for me to come forward. Because other than that, I guess I don't know why we would be hearing about this case now because, I mean, this is obviously not a spoiler since we've already talked about it, but like, we don't know who killed Jill Dando or Jan Dando or baby Jan Dando. So, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. All right. So, Kevin, what did you think of the vibe of this documentary, generally speaking? Um, You know, it kind of felt impersonal to me, kind of sterile. I don't know if that has something to do like with the British, you know, stiff upper lip kind of thing but it just like nothing moved me about the people or the investigation it felt very kind of removed i don't know if laura bricker has ever gotten a a, you know a suitable answer to her question of why now but it felt to me like if this then why not as opposed to if this big case why not say something about it that is um, a little more thoughtful or a little different, a little more elevated. It has it's a, it's an interesting case with lots of twists that a lot of people were interested in. And while it is new to American audiences, I don't know if we really get anything out of it. Yeah, I actually agree with you. There's something like about the TikTok of this that it's like. I mean, there was a long sort of character study about her, which I thought was interesting. I actually sort of liked the um, who the Jill Dando was kind of thing, except, oh, my goodness, we need to talk about the fact that her newsroom boss, who later turns into her like boyfriend or whatever, is so comfortable talking about the fact that she needed to get a better haircut and lose weight when she comes to London. Yeah. Dude, it's 2023. Shut the fuck up. But I think um, how you look does matter. And she'd arrive from provinces um, looking like a regional girl. I'd looked at her and said to her, you need to sort the way your hair is, you need to wear the right clothes. She put on a lot of weight. And, you know, she was advised that she needed to look right. It's like that movie with Robert Redford and Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, yeah. Because the same thing happens to her when she gets to the network and they make her over because she was like Susie Sunshine from Florida when they first met. Mm -hmm. Broadcast News? No, No. Broadcast News with Holly Hunter. Up close and personal. Yes. Mm. Yes. By the way, Broadcast News is a great film. Holly Hunter is great in that movie. I'm not going to like compare her to like how she was when she walked in the door, but they gave her a great makeup. She She did. She did yeah, look better. I, you know, yeah, she, <laughs> I'll say. She looked like a superstar. I yeah, mean, she, she really I mean, it was part of sort of her appeal. It, it didn't go unnoticed that she had a passing resemblance to Diana. She looked like Diana yeah. before Diana looked like Diana. Apparently. Yeah, apparently she had the haircut before Diana. I don't know. I mean, it kind of seems she like had the haircut it's not first. just passing, man. No. Yeah. Those guys looked a lot alike. They did. They did. But um, she has seemed to have like a really lovely personality and a great, you know, on-air persona. And I mean, who wouldn't want to like you know, find bad guys because she asked them to. Yeah, she was a natural. But the boss was a dick is oh what my you were God. getting okay. at. That was your original yeah, yeah. point, that wasn't guy, it? Yeah, 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 that guy. First of all, how did he get her to lend him money for a house after they broke up? That's another question I have. Because he's a dick. <laughs> he's the boss. He made her come up with like her, her uh, five-year goals and like, isn't one of them to like loan me a bunch of money so I can, <laughs> for a mortgage? Yes, your, 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 growth, your growth goals for the year. For those of you out there listening who've not watched the documentary, Jill Dando had a boss that uh, actually, I don't know if it was her boss, but he was the editor of the evening news and mm. she was the anchor of the morning news and they dated for a period of time. And yes, he comes off as a dick in this documentary. He's a suspect for a short period of time. I don't think he did it, obviously, but 
He's a prick. Anyway. At least he admitted to being a controlling freak. <laughs> um, so, Laura, there is, though, some good, like, behind-the-scenes footage of the BBC, right? Yeah, and I really liked that part. You know, we see that in the beginning when the news is first breaking that she's been shot and that it's likely her that's been shot. And this this report's come in the newsroom. And it was really interesting to me that they just had this footage that was just rolling. So we have the woman anchor who's going to deliver the news, who was a friend of hers, who talks about how they like shopped at the same clothing store or whatever. But And you see her kind of getting ready to go on and deliver this news. And someone's like, are you going to be okay? Are you going to be able to like, and she's like, yep. And it was amazing to see how she was before that. And then when she just like turned on professional news anchor persona and delivered the news that Jill had been shot or that they believed that it was Jill that had been shot. But it also worked really well as this was going on. And it was, it was weird to me how they had all this footage. I I guess I don't understand why they were filming there because when we had the boyfriend you know, we're seeing shots of him in the newsroom, just like sitting around and chitty chatting while other people are sort of narrating about their relationship. So I think that was a really good use of, I, I guess I'll call it like random newsroom B-roll, B-roll of yeah. just like uh, footage that they had, um, because it seemed in a lot of cases pretty casual, but really brought all of the characters kind of to, you know, a more full picture as you were hearing about the story. I got the sense that like that uh, B-roll from the newsroom had nothing to do with uh, the coverage of, of Jill Dando, that it was there for something else. But when they're on the air, they're always sort of rolling off of uh, uh, the program feed, or I should say the preview feed, or it might be the audition feed. I forget what they uh, how it's referred to. But So that's why they're able to have sort of the... The stuff like, who is it? Is it Bob who keeps yelling in her ear that she was 37? Jill was 37. Pete, I'm telling you, she was 37. All right. I told her she was 37. She was exactly two years younger than me. She was 37. What should I say? I'm telling you, she was definitely 37. Definitely. Within the past few minutes, police have confirmed that the BBC television presenter, Jill Dando, has been stabbed to death outside her West London home. They're fighting so much about the age that then she goes on the air and says the police have confirmed that she was stabbed instead of instead of shot. And that was like interesting to me that they didn't acknowledge that in the documentary. Um, Yeah, it's really funny. It's interesting to me how we're sort of like stuck on all these little details of this documentary as we're getting into it. Well. It, it sort of occurred to me when we were talking about those different movies that I'm a little surprised they haven't made a like a biopic about her life because it seems like it's got a lot of the same themes mm-hmm. about like a woman who's a star for a small audience who then comes to the big city, London, and and the BBC and stuff and, you know, has to do the like Sandy and Grease thing and like lose weight and glam up and you know, she dates the boss and, and this all this stuff that happens. I mean, it's it her arc like feels like a movie. It does. Right. Yeah. Up to the point at which she's murdered, which would I one of the things I thought they didn't do a whole lot of like they kind of hinted at it. And maybe it was because they were interviewing so many journalists from places and, and maybe this wasn't the case with her. But this is certainly a time when British celebrities were freaking like all over the tabloids and they don't really go into that a whole lot. I mean, you get a tiny taste of it and then you, you understand that these different people who they suspect at at various times have been saving like magazines in which she's profiled, but they don't really 
examine that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the only time they talk about it's like, oh, if you're a big presenter, you know, everybody loves you and some people are going to love you too much, like that kind of thing. But without saying, you know, the media culture at the time, in addition to being like super sexist and stuff, the BBC was also sort of very aggressive towards celebrities. Yeah. And it is interesting what you say about the biopic thing, too. I mean, there's literally footage of her like Cinderella at the ball. Yes. Which was like, I was just like, wow. That's like, and then she she sees the guy who's like dressed up like the prince. So it's Clint Richard. Who Who's that? He's like this British pop star who never did anything in America, but. She had a couple of different shows that she did. I think one was a travel show along with the Crime Watch show. Yeah, yeah. Those, those things there, so. Yeah, I mean, she really was like the, um, I mean, for, I mean, our analog would be like Deborah Norville, right? Or like Jane Pauley from that era, right? Uh, yeah. 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 I was thinking Deborah Norville while I was watching Yeah, because she did some evening stuff too, and so did. But not as beloved. That's yeah, more of a Katie bigger... Couric. It's like if that happened to Katie Couric. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Something like that. So there are a lot of characters in this show. Kevin, there, of course, is the gangster. Oh, my God. Apparently, we can't have a British true crime documentary without interviewing some hard man in a pub wearing one of those uh, caps like your dad had Yeah, and the guy's name is Razor and he's a convict who is now a journalist and he was even he says like that's so cool even I wouldn't do it like that to walk up behind a woman in broad daylight and then shoot a gun into her head I mean that is not something you do lightly and believe me I've done some horrible things I've got 68 previous convictions but I couldn't do that. But I'm also confused. And Laura, weren't you confused? Because didn't it seem like he also like maybe knew who did it? It's very strange. Oh, I mean, he just he was just blowing smoke. I was smoke. so full of yeah. shit. Yeah. He was like hinting at it. I wish I could tell you, but I don't want to put myself in trouble. Yeah. Yeah, I can tell you that. I know, but none of the cops do because I'm so smart. One of the things that's always interesting to me, Lar, is the, um, especially even way back in the, you know, way before this was like a thing here, as much as it is now, they've always had like a huge CCTV culture in the UK. And they have like all of this ability to trace Jill's whole day, like through, you know, and they were able to see that she wasn't followed. There's CCTV on the bus. There's CCTV as she's, you know, going into stores. There's CCTV of her like walking in and out, buying fax paper and sort of tracing her whole day backward. What do you think when you see that, that the police are able just to put together such a detailed picture of this woman's day? And then they come up with this theory, basically, that like her killer had to have known where she was going to be because the killer didn't follow her. I mean, do you buy that? I mean, it's it's hard not to buy into that. In the CCTV thing, I'm always just amazed by that. I mean, you watch any British crime show and they're all like, pull the CCTV. And I'm like, geez, I wish um, we had that here. Like trying to find... Actual oh, they also footage. have the car thing where they can just scan all the license plates yeah. that go on the highway. They have oh, that yeah. Too. And they're like, oh, yeah, we saw it go through at this time or that time. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, seriously, like you go around like here and you're like, OK, um, who has surveillance footage? No one or it doesn't work or it gets recorded over or whatever. And here they can literally, like you said, go through this woman's entire day. So I think that's what really makes this a, a little bit more of sort of a mystifying unsolved murder because there's nothing super obvious that's jumping out on that footage that you're like, oh, there they are. And that one theory where they're like, well, they must have been like hiding in the bushes at the front door so that, but she would have seen them or whatever, um, because it seems like it happened so suddenly and it wasn't something that had been picked up on any of the cameras. So I just find that camera thing, I mean, at, at times I'm like, okay, it's a little creepy that you cannot do anything 
in the UK without being on CCTV. But when it comes to investigating cases, how incredibly useful to be able to pull up cameras everywhere and find out what's happening. So I think that, again, though, just heightens the mystery. Like they're not seeing something on here that's like, I don't want to say the smoking gun. That's not, mm-hmm. like, but you know what I mean? It's like something that's obvious that seems like, oh, there's something suspicious. They even have cameras on the bus. Yeah. It's like, let's go, let's go check out what the camera, let's go see everybody who was on the bus or that maybe this professional assassin ran away from the hit and then took a bus. Yeah. He just waited around for the, isn't it, um, isn't it interesting to you that it never occurred to anybody that it might be random? Yeah. Like it never occurred, like never came out, never occurred to anybody that maybe. They didn't talk about it just being random. Right. Like, like random, like in the sense, like all of a sudden I'll start talking about the, 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 the Patreon or oh. something. Okay. I, I gave you that like as a layup. I just gave you that. Is, is it random though? Because everybody was expecting it. Yeah. At some point they They're do. Like, yeah, some we're point about, about the, like this part in the show. And they, they know 20 it's minutes coming, in. You know, Kevin starts talking. He's probably going to push <laughs> the Patreon. Probably going to try to sell us something. Yeah. Well, you know, right now you can get. Episodes of, cookies? Get episodes of Crime Writers on early and ad-free at Patreon. You can also hear the latest Crime Writers on after show. This after show, we're having an after show update. Okay. Because apparently, you know, last week we gave a bunch of recommendations, things that people should watch and read and listen to. Um, and Lars reneging on one of hers. Apparently she is. <laughs> apparently she recommended it and has well, the courage to come back. I said it was on my list. I said it was on my list. All right. I've listened uh, to an uh, hour uh, of it save today. It. Right, yeah. Save it. Stay tuned. There's plenty of time for you to backpedal later, Bricker. Um, <laughs> other things that we have, uh, we have Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club. Toby is going to be recording next week a new live episode of the deep dive i hope that the technology goes better than it did for last week's only murders in the building that we Ugh. did on crowdcast crowdcast but toby's uh, got a really interesting conspiracy book that he is looking at and what's it called toby it's called a death on w street the murder of seth rich by the clintons and the age of conspiracy <laughs> by andy kroll sorry i just added that clause but bill seth rich was not murdered by the clintons but that is what it's about is that people think that seth rich was murdered by the clintons or, or the obamas the Clintons. Well, isn't that? Yeah, it's right. Hillary Clinton. Oh, not Vince Foster? Because of oh, Vince Foster. Oh, sure. Okay. It was because of, no, Vince Foster uh, died by suicide because of them. Yeah. It's a whole thing. It's, it's the Clinton death list. Yes. It's a whole thing. Now, it's if very you, long. If you're, if you're a crime family. If you're a patron at the uh, deep dive level, you can actually uh, tune in while Toby records it live. Uh, and if you're not on Patreon, you can still listen to the first five minutes of the uh, of the deep dive for free, you get a five minute preview. Ooh. Um, really? Yeah, you can. Is it the technical difficulty? That's just part? me, just like talking. <laughs> it is. Yes. <laughs> so be giving the introductions, just, me just going on and on. <laughs> it's interesting. Is everybody's mic working? Okay. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. We've edited all that stuff okay, out, okay. and then it's Toby. Oh, it's edited. Yeah, Toby. Yes, the editor. Yeah, oh, okay, good. First five minutes of the actual podcast. Post produced. Uh, Post produced. Oh, good. Yeah, people get to hear Toby read the book jacket, and they're like, "Oh, okay, I want to join for the rest of that." You get all sorts of great stuff there. You get Laura Bricker. <laughs> Leave it to Bricker Podcast, Married with Podcast, and uh, we've Married with Podcast is good, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's a great show. We got four hundred of them behind that paywall. All right, Kevin, does thus end the business section? Yeah, thus ends the business. So section. So I can fade that music out yep, right now. Put it away. I'm going to go ahead and do that right now. BP added more than seventy billion dollars to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. So, Toby, um, I can't help but ask you, do we or do we not have a cast of characters on the suspect list in this documentary and in this real life case? So that's what kind of saves the documentary is that it's not like a normal, it's not the normal usual suspects. It's like Serbian warlords. And, you know, my top guy is this uh, guy, Charlie Shackleton, who is just basically not in quite so many words, but he's an enormous gay undertaker who uh, was fleeing from the park that was across the street from Jill Dando's place. And when asked what he was doing, he was in the park collecting wood to make coffins, <laughs> which sounds a little sus to me. Children's coffins. Uh, Got to B-roll of him making a baby's coffin, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm making a baby's coffin. In fact, I've got to make two, one here and one there. He said he was in the area collecting wood to make coffins. So, I mean, who does that? You do see a picture of him with somebody else. It's like, he's a he's a large guy. He's very tall, um, yep. Yeah, and, he, and it turns out he's inserted himself in other murder investigations. and Drives a hearse. Uh, he drives well, a hearse. It's, it's a business expense. I, 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 mean, I, I, think, all, I think he drives it recreationally. That was kind of the point, oh. yeah. He's just, he's an eccentric guy who just has certain things about him, which make him seem like a suspect. But once again, because they told us up front that the killer has never been caught or convicted or whatever... Uh, we know it's not him from the beginning, uh, so it's just another person we meet along the way. Yeah. Another suspect, Laura, her agent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy is a bit of a, he's a bit nutty. Um, I like he's sitting there, he's got a little highball glass. He's got a lot to say, but he, you know, had written a book about an agent whose clients are getting killed. <laughs> yep. <laughs> This so guy doesn't I thought, like his clients. I mean, that was that was like one of those real like, oh my god, that's almost like too good to. I, I'd say too good to be true, but I mean, like too too good to be believable. But then he was the one even that was like, if you think it's the suspect Barry George, think again. So you know, I thought that was that was also interesting insight that he brought to this. So let's talk about Barry George, Kevin. Yeah, Barry George obviously sort of a twist that they actually get him. Yeah, as an interview in the documentary, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of. Unfortunately, wasted on an American audience or those who aren't familiar with the case. I'm sure for the British audience, it's, you know, they, they understand the significance of talking to him and it's a big get. But uh, nevertheless, he's an interesting character to explore. Why? 
Well, I mean, for one, he was convicted of the murder and then later exonerated. But uh, I am fascinated by him. Yeah, he's, he's definitely a fabulous, right? And who the fuck let him try jumping four school buses while on roller skates when he's admitted that like he's never done it before? Yeah. Um, he almost made it, by the way. Did you see that? He just uh, almost uh, didn't get it there. I'm trying to wonder like why that that examiner gave him like tests, like put him in the bottom 1% of all functioning adults or I mean you can tell that he's like not 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 in the top he's not smooth yeah but uh I I feel like really he's he's at the absolute lowest functioning adult I mean that doesn't seem that doesn't seem right that might have been a, a defense embellishment but the problem is that he has the most unforgivable curse in our society which is that he doesn't come off well on television the police wanted to speak to me and what for I don't know you know because I haven't committed any crime. So, did you know who Jill Dando was? I've never met her in my life. Didn't know who she was. The police over and over grilled me about it. And I really did not know who she was. Oh, no. So then you don't think he the heavy a- mouth breathing and the, and the furtive <laughs> eyes uh, don't help him. But he did right. But he doesn't come across well. And so that means obviously he must be a killer. Right. It's all that uh, demeanor evidence. What do you think, Toby, about uh, Barry George and, you know, the fact that like he was so easy? I mean, the cop that arrested him still thinks to this day that he got the right guy, even though the evidence does not bear that out. I mean, just taking you know, them at their word with what they're saying that, you know, he is fairly low functioning. And then I think that one, the 1% thing was, was how quickly he processes what's going on. And I think you could kind of see that in his interviews because he just lies about stuff that it's clear that they know, right. He's like Mm -hmm. pretending like he doesn't know who Jill Dando even is. And they're like, yeah, well we found like magazines with her in your apartment So he's an interesting person because of this combination, I guess, of not being super quick, but also being a fabulist and having these like sort of ploys and and stuff like going around saying he's Freddie Mercury's uh, cousin. Well, the resemblance, right? I mean, trying to jump the buses where he apparently they they said he dislocated his spine, which I don't know how that works, but it doesn't sound great. And he's also, I mean, he's legitimately fairly creepy as well. He's taking surreptitious pictures of women on the street, and he's just got rolls and rolls of undeveloped film of these pictures. And uh, he also has, you know, sexual offenses on his rap sheet. So there are reasons to suspect him. But when it comes down to it, like what actually convicts him is like absolutely should have been on the face of it shitty forensics the fact that nobody called bullshit on the forensics and he actually got convicted because of it is wild Yeah, because it's one like grain of essentially gunpowder, I guess some kind of like gun residue that was found in his pocket. It's like, how do you just get one grain in there? Like in a laboratory that's testing gun residue. That's how you get one grain in there. Right. Or like (laughs) you're you're on a bus and you, some other guys touch the handrail and you touch the handrail and you put your hand in your pocket. That seems more likely than 
I had a gun. I fired it, and just one of the pieces of the residue happened to fall in my pocket. Yeah. It's just or bizarre. a lab tech turned your pocket inside out in the lab in which they test yes. gun residue. Like, that's probably the much more likely explanation. Yeah. Yeah, and actually, you know, for a guy that they say, like, he's not high-functioning, he's the one that gave the best description about, like, why he couldn't have done it. Because... If he if he like pushed her aside and then shot her, not only would he have had gunpowder residue all himself, he would have been splattered with blood. Yeah. And that just doesn't like deteriorate over a year. I will say, though, and I don't think, by the way, I don't think he did it. I'm just going to say that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he did it. His demonstration of himself not doing it is also incredibly creepy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like He's he, had time to think about it, though. He's that guy. Laura, is he not that guy? Like, when you watch a movie like Zodiac or a movie, and then they, they, they have a guy that they think did it, and you're like, oh, it's that guy is, like, so creepy. It's definitely that guy. Like, he's that guy. You just, you do mind being a guinea pig? Yeah. If I had pushed you down, um, you're... Facing your door. Yeah. Putting the keys in your door. Yeah. If I had pushed you down, and it was alleged that I pushed you down with my left hand. Yeah. There'd be masses of blood or gunshot residue over the perpetrator. They found one particle, right? I understand why he's in the frame, but... I don't think he did it, but I do love his defense attorney very, very much. And I think you did too, right? Yeah, I love this guy. So his defense attorney, uh, Michael Mansfield, who is an extremely well-known human rights attorney in the UK, um, you know, and, and he does what he should be doing when he talks about this case. I mean, he's now like in his 80s about why, yeah, this guy is creepy as fuck, but there's not really the evidence here to show that he is guilty. And he he definitely goes into the reasons why there needs to be more work done on that side of the investigation to actually tie Barry George to this murder. And I thought that was really interesting because the fact that they got this guy, this very esteemed lawyer, to represent Barry, basically because Barry's sister was really just advocating for him and was like, we need to get somebody to defend him. So, I mean, I think what this shows is that you can have a lot of creepy as fuck stuff in your apartment, in your house, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're a murderer. Of did you, course did you notice, Laura, when they're given the attorney's bona fides, it was like he represented the Birmingham Six, the White Claw yes. Five, the Liverpool Four. It was just like he got the whole baseball and Barry. team. And Barry. <laughs> and Barry, yeah. I mean, you have he a definitely... number after your, your group there, then he's with you. <laughs> the Jackson Five. Yes. Yeah, he's definitely the right person for the job. And I just, I always like it when we do get to hear from the defense perspective when we see a documentary, because a lot of times defense attorneys shy away from the media and don't want to take part, so especially to have somebody of this uh, caliber willing to get on there and talk about it, I thought was amazing. Yeah. So I just want to throw throw something out there that I don't think the documentary did a good job of explaining and exploring. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they touched on it, but the role of Crime Watch mm. in the UK. So Crime Watch is not like, it's sort of like America's Most Wanted, except they work with the cops. The authorities are selecting It'll, the cases it will to be cover. Like, it will be like, yeah. we are working on this case. Help us solve this active case on Crime Watch. And they'll be like, here's the footage of this murder that was just committed that we are trying to solve. If anybody 
you know, and sometimes they'll inter- they'll interview the cop or whatever. It's like an active cases TV show. Mm-hmm. They absolutely, this show puts people in prison. A hundred percent, this show convicts people. Like it helps, it helps solve cases and convicts people. And they sort of like very, they sort of touch on the fact that like, oh, maybe she was killed by somebody that the show helped convict. I'm like, to me, that is so like probably what happened here. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that it could have been a gang related thing or, you know, organized crime related thing. But like she is the host of a show that actively helps convict people of crimes. I mean, am I not? Am I wrong that that's like probably the most likely explanation for this? I don't know if it's most likely, but it's more likely sh- than a Serbian warlord. <laughs> yeah, I Possibly. I don't know. Do you think a Serbian warlord is going to go after Jill Dando or like a, a more like a state? Well, I'll just say I'll just say that, you know, the assassination of journalists happened in the UK and Ireland a lot more than it happens in the US. So it's not unheard of. But was it as opposed to it being the mob or the IRA? Is it? But nobody claimed it. Nobody claimed it. Right. You would normally you would you would claim that. So, yeah, you got to think that the police looked in on every single person who'd ever been convicted mm-hmm. on that show. Like if they interviewed 4,000 people, like 20 of them must've been people convicted on that show. Right. Maybe, mm-hmm. but it's like, it's, like somebody- it's not something they're like, ah, let's not worry about it. So you think the person who like, you think the person would have just been like, yeah, it was my brother that, that did it. He's out. He's the one who, I think mean, they wouldn't have admitted to doing it. I mean, I just think it's much more likely than a Serbian warlord, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. That's just my opinion. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Do you ever meet someone who seems kind of off? Whether it's a creepy neighbor or random phone number that keeps calling you, Truthfinder has you covered. You can search for people by name, address, phone number, email, and more. Truthfinder can be especially helpful for running confidential background checks on anyone you're planning to meet from online dating apps. Go to truthfinder.com slash podcasts for a special offer. That's truthfinder.com slash podcasts to access your special offer today. All right, let's do what we do. Let's let our listeners know, should they check out Who Killed Jill Dando? It is a three-part documentary series on Netflix. Laura Bricker, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Who Killed Jill Dando? I'm going to go thumbs sideways on this one. I think that to me, there was the the question of why are we seeing this now? There's not really any new information. You can pretty much just go on and Google this case and find out all the information. I mean, because this is a very straightforward true crime style documentary. It's, you know, three parts, you know, her background growing up, the investigation, um, potential suspects identified and sort of where they are now. And I guess to me, there wasn't anything here that really pushed this to the level that I was like, oh my God, I can't wait to watch the next episode of this. I was just like, 
okay, it's just a standard sort of straightforward true crime documentary. And the storytelling wasn't particularly creative. It was just pretty straightforward. So I'm just going thumb sideways on this. Toya Ball, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for Who Killed Jill Dando? Yeah, I'm kind of mad on this. It, it probably makes sense for English uh, listeners to right up front say that no one uh, was caught for this. But for Americans, like it kind of drains a lot of the suspense as you go through the various, you know, suspects or, or, or theories about things. Um, it's not a spoiler because it happens in the first minute or two. You know, there's some interesting characters. Uh, you know, it's it's sort of competently done. But in the end, like you're kind of told at the beginning what's going to happen. So so even if at some point you think, oh, wow, like this must be the person like, you know, that's not going to continue. So I'm like, I'm really wavering between thumbs down and thumbs sideways because, again, it doesn't like suck. But I just I found myself wondering why you've already told me. So why am I watching this? Like the journey is not so great that it's worth like a destination that's not very satisfying. So I guess I'm like a moderate thumbs down. All right. Kevin Flynn, what do you think? Thumbs up or thumbs down for who killed Jill Dando? Yeah, I'm going to go sideways. And that's just, you know, like I'm also like thinking like, should I go thumbs down? It's not great. It's 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 a very rudimentary look at a very interesting case. It was something that was really, really hot in the UK. And it it just, um you know, it just kind of feels a little uh, sterile. It feels colored by numbers. Boring. Oh, boring. <laughs> so you're trying to say different, yeah, different mean, ways for, of saying boring. Yeah, I mean, for, for something where you had apparently such strong emotions, they really told and didn't show. You know what I'm saying? And it just felt like there there are nouns and there are verbs, and this is a noun, right? There's, there's no action to this. And I'll say that I found the wiki page on Jill Dando to be a little more interesting. Why? This whole document. Did you know she was born with a hole in her heart? No. Did you know that her uh, her gynecologist boyfriend was the personal physician to the queen? Wait, her gynecologist boyfriend? What? Her, yeah, her the guy uh, that she was getting married yeah, to. Yeah, her fiance was a gynecologist, and I don't think he was. I didn't no, think. He, I thought you he said was, her gynecologist's boyfriend. I completely misheard you. I'm like, well, how would you know who her gynecologist's boyfriend was? <laughs> no, her gynecologist her was her gynecologist who ended up being. The queen's personal physician. Oh, really? So her fiance was the queen's personal physician. Yes. Wow. So that is interesting. And also that uh, you know that somebody in this case uh, won a very large uh, libel suit uh, because of some of the errors and uh, things that. I wonder were, who that could have been. Oh, so I don't want to spoil it. Anyway, it's just it's yeah it's like not horrible, but it just doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't make any big mistakes. It doesn't make me outraged that they could have done this or that, but it just, it, um, yeah, I wouldn't have finished it if I hadn't assigned it to everybody for this episode. So. Oh. Sideways. Yeah, I'm sideways too. I Telling us that this case was never solved is the worst editorial decision I have seen, I mean, we've seen some, I'm not saying it's the worst editorial I've seen recently because we've seen some real stinkers, but for something that could have been as good as this could have been, it literally just pretty much ruined it. Um, And the only reason I'm not giving it a thumbs down is because Jill Dando, her story, as Toby said earlier in the review, is so freaking interesting and could be like a totally awesome biopic. Like she's a legitimately interesting person with like a fairy tale of a life and the cast of characters of suspects in this 
super freaking interesting. Mm -hmm. So the details of the case are interesting. Uh, This was way too long. It just could have been like one thing. It could have been like an hour and 45 minute or hour and a half like documentary. That's Mm -hmm. it. It was just being three parts was unnecessary. But it's interesting that her brother was also a journalist. There's like a lot of interesting stuff here. The inside stuff at the BBC was interesting. But telling us in the first like two minutes of the thing that the case is still unsolved. No spoiler again. It happens right away. Huge mistake. Huge mistake. Because I was watching it the whole time. I just knew the stakes were like zero. You know, in terms of like what I was what like the suspense was like zero and it sh- there should have been suspense for me as a viewer. So, yeah, I I'm sorry. I got to give this a thumb sideways in sort of in toto for it. So, yeah, that's where I am on this. All right. Now it's time for my favorite part of the podcast. A little something I like to call the crime, crime of, the, of week. the week. Cops in Liberty Township, New Jersey, have arrested a man who crashed his car right into the police station. Security video shows John Hargreaves' SUV smashing through a wall into an unoccupied desk. He then flung the door open and triumphantly gave the I'm number one hand signal into the air. What wasn't captured on the video was the car stereo blasting Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. Police say the song was blaring when he smashed his way into the building. Among the charges Hargreaves faces is terrorism, which carries a life sentence. There's no explanation for why he chose Welcome to the Jungle to be his anthem when Wrecking Ball or When the Walls Come Tumbling Down seems more on point. Panel, it's possible banging your head to Guns N' Roses could psych someone up to commit a crime, but that's not how we roll. What song might you play to ensure that you don't commit a crime? Laura Bricker, what do you think? Um, I think I would pay something really soothing from my Yacht Rock station that I listen to when I'm trying to chill. So I'm going to go with Sailing by Christopher Cross. Mm, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, my God. Toby okay. Ball, <laughs> what song might you play to ensure that you didn't commit a crime? Uh, it, you know, it's a little it's a little probably too on point, but I would do Three Little Birds by uh, Bob Marley, which is the Don't Worry About a Thing song. Mm. Ah. I'm 100% sure I know what Kevin's going to say. I'm 100% sure. Kevin, cue it up. What song oh, are you, you going to play to make uh, sure you... Oh, the ceiling. No, yeah. I'm not going to say that one. That's what no. I thought you were going to say. What song might you play to ensure that you don't commit a crime? Uh, I probably would do something like Sometimes When We Touch. <laughs> like something like really bad and just be like, oh. Or I remember, or the one that would probably like make me just want to go home instead is the theme song to Caillou. Oh, God. Ah. It's like that kid with a bald head. It's just like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, that's going to do it for us. I'm just going to leave it there. Lara Bricker, if folks want to reach out to you to give you suggestions for other songs that you can play on your Yacht Rock station, how can they find you on social media? They can find me at Lara Bricker on Twitter. Toby Ball, what about you? How can you be found online? Yeah, I, you know, if the Orioles are still in it, you can tweet to me about how much you love the Orioles uh, at Toeyball NH. Kevin Flynn? You don't bother talking about the Red Sox or the Patriots uh, to me at Kevin P. Flynn. And if you want to follow me on Twitter or Instagram and join me in some Patrick Mahomes discourse, you can find me at Reb Lavoy. You can also follow the show everywhere at Crime Writers On, and I encourage you to join our incredible community in our official Crime Writers On Facebook group. Just go to Facebook, find our page, and hit join the group. Get episodes early and ad-free at patreon.com slash partners in crime media. You'll also get the Crime Writers On After Show, Married with Podcast, Laura Bricker's Leave it to Bricker Podcast, and Toby Ball's Deep Dive Book Club Podcasts. 
Our theme song was composed and performed by Ty Gibbons. Our line editor is the very, very handsome Livy Burdett. The executive producer of this program is Kevin Flynn. This show was recorded in the Treehouse Yoga Studio above the Mockingbird Cafe in Bay St. Louis, Mississippi Studio, otherwise known as Studio C, The Closet. And on your Hampshire basement where we also are attempting to jump over four school buses on roller skates for no apparent reason. On behalf of all the crime writers, thanks so much for listening. We will catch you later. Later. They say within the first like minute that, you know, nobody's ever been uh, convicted of this murder. Uh, no, no, kind of dra- someone was convicted. Sorry, Toby. But then they were unconvicted. But somebody was caught too. Like I don't. Yeah. Okay, Would I you apologize. Just let him talk? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Toby. Okay. <laughs> All right. I love this show. <laughs> I want to. <laughs> now, um. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.